Hey, you're listening to The Credit Roll, an original podcast by Jamun. I'm Abhinith, a filmmaker, and like a lot of you tuning in, I'm looking to get better at what I do. In every episode of this show, I'll be speaking with professionals in the Indian film industry, discussing their journey, their process, and all the struggles they faced along the way. Today, we have Tia Tejpal on with us. She's a production designer, and she's worked on some pretty great films like Raman Raghav 2.0, Aji, Life of Pi, and series like Ghoul and Ghost Stories, as well as Made in Heaven and La Come Ek. She also recently just finished shooting the upcoming White Tiger adaptation. I mean, this is just a really, really cool and diverse filmography, so I'm really excited to talk to you today about what you do and your career, Tia. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. So to start things off, I want to ask you a very basic question that we can build up from. What does a production designer actually do and what is their goal? Basically, a production designer does everything except the actor and stuff that touches him. So that's just the only part that's not us. So whether it's the lamp or the frame or the wall or the floor or the tree or the plant or, you know, everything else is us, is our department. And I mean, it's actually a little bit different in India compared to abroad because there they kind of break up further into vehicles and greens and, you know, there's a few more departments here. It's kind of all encompassing that anything inanimate is us and anything that's not a human <laughs> that needs to be regarded for camera is us. So basically anything physical you see on screen that's behind or in front of an actor yeah. or actress, um, that all falls under the domain of production design. And would you say you're essentially creating the physical world that people are seeing on screen and the visual aesthetic surrounding that? I think it's like like 85% it's that. And there's like a certain percent of that physical world actually having its own journey and expressing its own universe like like it happens often you might see a film grade from a some color to another color right or you might have like you, there's a theme color for somebody that we use repeatedly and there's a point where she stops wearing that color like you do it in costume similarly I think art like it's not supposed to hit you but you're supposed to feel it so there's a 15% that's just like oh that's the texture of the film you know we're the texture of the film as much as we are the physical of the film yeah, it's it's interesting you mentioned texture because from some of the research I've done, production design is often meant to feel invisible, right? <laughs> it's meant more to be felt and like texture, as yeah. you said, as opposed to being really in your face, right? Yeah, actually, if it's in your face, like there's one time, for example, on Raman Raghav, actually, where we were setting up the sister's house and there's a bunch of action in like two tiny rooms. And so I went like stir crazy doing it. I had like two days, we had a really last minute location change. So we were setting up a location that actually neither Anurag nor Jay had seen before. I was a bit nervous that I'm just doing it. And I took these stickers and I put stickers everywhere on the wall because there's a kid who actually gets interrogated in the house. And then they come and I obviously had to get out of the house because there's no space for one more human to like fret around camera. And he sets up a frame which has one of my stickers that says blood right or so, I don't remember what it says maybe I can't remember the exact sticker but we'll see the frame and it's right behind the kid's head and now I was freaking out I was like oh no can I remove it can I age it can I fix it and he was like no you put it there it's my set now I'm going to shoot it uh -huh. however I want so I was like okay hands <laughs> off but it's like the one thing that irks me in that film is that sticker behind this kid's head okay I'm gonna look out for that the next time I watch the film <laughs> so okay 
Before we get any more specific about production design, I do want to rewind the clock a bit and ask you, what was it that got you interested in filmmaking and production design? It wasn't like I wanted to be a filmmaker or wanted to direct or wanted to. It just seemed like a job I could do, you know. But choosing production design from film, that was an inspiring movement, you know. Choosing film itself was kind of just, it seemed appropriate more than anything. And so then I moved to Bombay, literally like a week after graduating Hampshire. And I, I mean, I just started with being an AD. That was, that's what everybody does when they move to Bombay. They're an AD. So I did, a, I did two years of like DA, AD work and, you know, got my fingers in a few pies and like got to know people and started doing it. And then I had met Nitya Mehra on like my first week in Bombay because someone from family knew her. And she called me a year into being in Bombay, being like, do you want to work on Life of Pi? I was like, yeah, sure. Anything I'll do. Okay. Although I was terrified. And I was actually a key set PA on Life of Pi. So when people, even my parents, they always like, ah, she worked on Life of Pi. I was like, guys, I was the spot dada. You can't keep saying it. So that was just, I was the key set PA on Life of Pi. And we had 13 ADs. And of these 13 ADs, all 12 of them were dealing with caste. First, primary, secondary, tertiary cast, dealing with language barrier. All of, the, all of them were doing that. And for some reason, Nitya had given me action vehicles, greens, animals, art, props. And that was actually the first time I got to touch art department. And it was unbelievable because, I mean, it was firstly, it was life of pie. So I really wanted to see how art department should be, you know big prop houses, paying attention to period. It was like, well, I remember distinctly like 1954 Indian Muslim quarters. And then the same street corner we shot 1972. I mean, it was just the attention to detail. And it felt to me like I can in art department actually touch and affect the film I'm working on versus with the AD, I always felt like I was working with my mouth and I wanted to work with my hands. So it was just a really like urgent transition after that. Like once I did... Life of Pi as an AD, but handling art art and set decoration, I just like, after Life of Pi, switched to art right away. Let's see then, where to begin. Pondicherry is the French Riviera of India. In the streets closest to the ocean, you might think you were in the south of France. A few blocks inland, there's a canal. Just beyond that is Indian Pondicherry. And the Muslim quarter is just to the west. So would you say there's something about the tangible quality of production design that attracts you more than any other role on set? Yeah, I just feel like it's all mine. Okay, I'm possessive right. like that. It's all mine <laughs> if I'm art. It literally, I can touch and feel every like square inch of the frame is mine, you know? So it just, it's, a, it, it's good possession, actually. It makes you feel like you're contribute, contributing to the story, to the story expression, you know, to the expression itself. Right. So with production design, you're really contributing to the voice or expression, as you said, of a particular film. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, you've been working now for about 10 years in the Indian film industry. So you've had quite a bit of experience at this point. Could you talk about how you broke into the industry and how you started getting work? You just have to kind of literally just start asking for work of some kind. So it took some time. There was a lot of unpaid labor. That's the real truth. There was a, <laughs> about a year of unpaid labor. And who says no to unpaid labor? 
that's the <laughs> so that's that's really how it goes. So I guess that old proverb really fits. Beggars can't be yeah. choosers. I think so. And it actually serves you really well. If you just, like I did a spate of unpaid work for six months, but those six months got over and all of it turned into, you know, a contact at the very least who's going to call me for something. So if, if you can, if you can manage to like get six months supply or stay at your brother's like I did, then it's pretty sorted. <laughs> right. And I guess if you're not getting a monetary payment, you could always consider that contact as a form of payment. I suppose. <laughs> but okay. From here, I want to get a little more specific and dig into your process. What is the first thing you do when you get a script? It's firstly, it's really all different film to film. I've tried really hard. I keep thinking I've cracked how to standardize my process. And then a film will come, which just like blows me out again. You know, like the film I was talking about was this hijack and it's set inside a plane. So, so because of that, it's, I mean, I was like, what are we going to do? Are we going to get a plane? Are we going to hire a plane? Are we going to, should I build a plane? Do I have the money to build this plane? They did it for Nirja. Maybe I can, you know, like that kind of stuff starts. But we actually hooked up a location in Delhi where some fellow has, I don't know why, but he's put a plane in his backyard. Okay. Okay. Mr. B.C. Gupta has put a plane in his backyard. And so we could shoot in that plane. And it was just a different set of requirement. Like, you know, you think art department is the curtains of a house, but it's like the carpeting of an airplane or the stickering of the side of the airplane trolley, just as much as it is bed linen and, you know, glasses. So it just depends. You want to choose a film? Let's choose Raman Raghav. So Anurag sent me the script and his scripts are literally all dialogue. So I wasn't sure are we shooting like there was not even locations on the script itself, you know, it was just a, a trail of kind of dialogue, building, building exterior, cop station. It's pretty vague for art department, like really clear for Anurag, but a little vague for art department. But the uh, beautiful thing is that he's happy to let you interpret it. He's like, you do what you need to do. This is a building. Which building do you want to shoot outside of? Uh, so we can, you can go scout, choose a building, propose the building he likes the building we're good if it does if he doesn't like it i mean of course we have options you know so it's a it's a different way whereas a film like last stories for debakar there was immense amounts of dialoguing conversation prep breakdown formatting of the story itself reconfiguring it to the location that we have managed to find you know so it's a it's a just a different process that depends not just on the narrative content or the script content, but also on the partakers, like the producer, the director, the DOP, have to actually go with the flow as well as kind of direct your own flow parallel to everybody else's chaos, you know? Okay. And during this phase, are you also thinking about things like the color palette of a film? Are you having conversations with the director about that, for instance? Definitely conversation with the director, the costume or the wardrobe person, the DOP. And I mean, I think it really falls on art to propose a palette. Everybody is going to talk about it. But to propose the palette is more on us, you know, to kind of identify what would work for costume, what kind of light we might like, and propose it to the team so that they can, yes, no, debate, change, add to it, right? It's not exclusively art department or the production designer's job, but I feel like the proposal needs to come from there as an intention. Like, for example, with Ishan Nair, he's really clear. He was like, I want jewel tones. 
So jewel tones is, I know what that means and how am I interpreting that still has to be proposed to discuss with camera and costume, etc. But what I need from Ishan, I have received. I'm wondering then when you're collaborating so closely with the director and your goal is to bring their vision to life, how do you express yourself artistically while still executing their vision? I think primarily healthy communication and compromise, to be honest. Because, I mean, even before it gets to our vision, we both the director and I and the DOP have had to compromise with production. So, you know, almost always. So once that has happened and we've arrived with what is possible and available to us, if there's something that I feel really strongly about and the director doesn't agree, definitely we'll go with what the director feels. You know, especially if it's something that's just a matter of how my frame is looking. However, if it's a character thing, like my director insists on giving my actor a Mickey Mouse shirt and I'm like, no, this person is like a Bugs Bunny person. And then I'm going to resist that quite strongly, you know. Uh, Character incongruency in art, I, I don't like to go with, you know. Okay, so basically conversation and compromise are really essential to that balance. And moving now into production, I do want to ask you, what is a typical day like on set for a production designer? So I think, firstly, everything's about to change post-COVID. So let's talk about the past in any case, you know. And I think, like, art department is the first one in, last one out. That's how it goes. Whether you're the production designer or you're the setting boy or you're picking up props, you know. You literally have to be the first person in when the location looks like nothing or it's an empty studio or it's a dirty road. You're the one who arrives there. So I think just on virtue of being first one in, it means you get to see every square inch of your frame turn into something, you know, like whether it's just aging. Like, for example, in Raman Raghav, there was an interrogation room and it was just an empty room. Like, what could I do? But I wanted there to be some kind of conflict. So we did this like really beautiful aging in pink and blue. You know, it was like there was a pink, base and then we did blue and then there was a lot of dirt and graffiti and it was like a really layered wall because that's all I could really work with you know it was a stool and walls When I was little I heard the story of Raman Raghav I was like a crime 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 I was like a कितना लोग भीड़ में अपना भड़ास निकालता उधर सीरिया में दुनिया भर से लोग चल के जाता है अपने अंदर के जानवर को हवा देने के लिए सो इट्स जस्ट आई थिंक दैट्स दैट्स व्हाट द थिंग विद आर्ट एंड बीइंग आर्ट डिपार्टमेंट इज इज दैट यू गेट टू फील एवरीथिंग गो अप देन यू गेट टू फील अ क्रू ऑफ पीपल कम वायोलेट योर सेट एंटायरली एंड देन स्टॉर्म ऑफ एंड देन लीव यू विद द श्रेड्स यू नो दैट दैट्स एक्चुअली व्हाट टुक मी द लॉन्गेस्ट टू गेट यूज्ड टू हैंडिंग माय सेट ओवर लाइक वंस आई एम डन prepping and once my set is ready and it's time to shoot you know i tend to be really cautious about handing it over actually because then suddenly there are like 52 people stomping around breaking my stuff dirtying things curtain drapes are changing <laughs> everything's askew you know it's hard to relinquish control but that's actually been my biggest learning is that you just have to you've done what you had to do and now it's somebody else's to do what they want to do with it aha uh-huh. right right 
And hey, I kind of want to circle back to something you were mentioning. Um, you mentioned an empty room. That reminds me of this Devashish Makija short film you did called Absent. Yeah. I was watching that and it all takes place in this one location, this abandoned room with empty walls in like what looks like a derelict building. So I'm wondering, I know it looks like on the surface, there's not a lot going on there, but what kind of decisions are you making as a production designer there? I mean, it's mainly Dave and I communicating on choice of color. What is going to echo emptiness the most? Do we want like kitsch emptiness? Or, I mean, it's, it's just actually a bit of theory. I mean, ultimately, if I had painted that wall yellow, it would have felt different, right? That whole film. So it was, you know, you just have to apply a theory to it, some kind of theory. It doesn't have to be global theory, but what is the reason that we have chosen white? Why have we done that? There has to be something to it and it was. So there, like I'm saying, even when there's nothing, seemingly, there's this. Right, right. So essentially every production design detail you see, however insignificant, was likely decided upon. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about one of your short films, and you've done quite a few short films, and you've worked on some smaller budget productions as well. I want to ask you, what is the difference in your experience between smaller budget and bigger budget productions? I mean, definitely, I think the main difference is like method and motivation. Normally, I do a small budget film because I like the content. That's the reason to do a small budget film is because you want the film to be made. And when you enter with motivation like that, then it's quite easy to make sure that's what happens. You know, you then you going forward, you literally troubleshoot. Of course, you compromise a fuckload, but you also troubleshoot to achieve what you can achieve with the resources available. And there's actually a lot of that. Even if it's a big budget film, like any anyone in the industry will tell you, there's no such thing as a big budget film. Even the big budget films have budget problems. Everybody is like, you know, cutting their own ends in this situation. Like, say, for example, one of the biggest project I did was a song set for Dharma. And I was assisting on it, actually. I wasn't I wasn't doing it. So I didn't even have a full sense of like what the cost would be. But it was like, it was crazy. It was just crazy. It was the kind of money I'd never worked with in my life and haven't since, to be honest, even in my own capacity. Right, right. And, you know, speaking of crazy have you ever had to improvise in interesting ways as a production designer, whether on a smaller budget production or a bigger one? I was thinking about the recent Softie Brothers film, Uncut Gems, and yeah. the production designer of that film was talking about the design of Adam Sandler's character's office, which is like very cluttered and gaudy and whatnot. But basically, when the Softies saw the set just hours before the shoot, yeah. they wanted it to feel even more lived in and even more cluttered. So the production designer ended up having to like rush home to pick up a whole bunch of his own crap to fill the set with. So I'm wondering, have you ever had to improvise like that? I mean, there are things that our department has to do and do that should not be spoken about. Like, firstly, <laughs> like... I mean, I've had to do that a whole lot. I have done so much dressing. I have a shelf in my house that is linen for shoot that I don't want to send to a go down, but that's for me. And it has the whole range of colors that I need and stuff that I'm, you know, I, I tend to like, you know. But like, like you know, what art department has to do is all of all action props, like whether it's cocaine or it's herbal cigarettes, because you don't want. I mean, actors aren't going to smoke forty five cigarettes in in three takes, you know. So. All of this stuff, like what is the best mixture for cocaine? How do we make oil drip longer? How does the candle wax fall more specifically on the spot you need it to? How do you like close the door without being in frame? All of this stuff is also all of the jugaad. It's actually a jugaad department in India. That's what we are. 
<laughs> That's a good way of putting it, the Jugad department. But okay, on a different note, I also wanted to ask you, do actors ever want to help out with production design? I was reading that um, Matthew McConaughey on True Detective helped the production design right. team build the creepy, messy garage for his character. Yeah. So have you ever worked with an actor like that? For Firstly, there's Konkana. When Konkana came to set for Dolly Kitty, it was actually the first time I'd had an actor receive my set in their hands, you know. She plays Dolly and it was Dolly's house where we were shooting the first 10 days. And I had, of course, set it up as if I was I had been living there for 13 years because everything was exactly where I wanted it to be. And normally, actors don't really give a fuck beyond a point, okay? They're like, where's my mirror? Where's my this thing? But Coco came to set and she was like, asked me questions. She was like, is it okay if I put my tea set on this hook instead of that hook? I want the napkins in this drawer. Can it be possible to change this painting? It was just like a really interactive, it was short, sweet, and tight but it was just interactive and it felt like I was handing the set over to the character not to an actor so it it is possible it does happen but sets that you put up for a day or somebody's office I mean it would be a waste of everybody's time if they started like getting involved in it you know right right yeah and you know while we're talking about how you work with other people on set. What is your relationship like with the director of photography? I know that's an essential relationship for the production designer. I actually am most excited always to see what the DOP is going to do with what we have given him because he or she is the one I actually engage with the most on set at the, at the moment of shot taking, you know. I find the DOPs tend to be really happy to have an art department or a production designer who is engaged and offers things to them. I really think that much is what makes them happy because they don't really, I, I, I've noticed, I feel like they don't want to do that much prep and deliberate on, you know, exactly this corner, there'll be a light. They might have some fixations. I want a handy light for the center of the room. They might have given me some practical, you know, practical light bearings of the space, but the, the quality of the light and the quality of the space they receive when they come for either a uh, scout or pre-light or pre-light or for shoot and that is an exciting time I like that time a lot actually because it gets it gets you a chance to express yourself to the DOP and he's he's a, he's the one who's about to capture it you know okay and you know I've read a lot too that the construction of a particular set plays a lot into that relationship with the DOP as well you know like sets have to be designed in such a way so that particular shots can be executed through things like detachable walls and moving sets absolutely so how much of that relationship is dealing with these sort of complicated constructions absolutely I think it, it always ends up being quite an organic process you know like say we're in a studio and I've proposed a set plan and then there's just a, even a conversation with the DOP and the director and they're like but if we if we shoot on this set then there's no space from this window we'll need to move it so of course it's I mean film is the most collaborative art form there could be I think it's just like so you need every single member to put forth their opinion because it's going to matter on the day you come to shoot you know yeah, yeah. And you know, speaking of collaboration, as production designer, at least on bigger budget films, you are the head of a team of individuals that includes the art director, prop master, etc. Yeah. What is that collaboration like? And how important is having, say, good leadership qualities as a production designer then? 
I mean, I really think this is where the the term production and production designer comes from, because it is imperative to like effectively deliver sets to be focused as much on production as you are on design. So having a team means they are all. I need to produce a design out of the team, right? That's actually the breakdown of it. Leadership qualities are imperative. Yes, also I think diplomacy is imperative. Also. coaxing negotiation you know love care hate angst all of it is part of it because you really spend a lot of time you spend like 7 am to midnight with your team members when you're shooting right it's every single second of every single moment is some urgency or the other placebo mint or like you know umbrella has broken or newspaper is wrong date there's always something or the other that you need to kind of have people come to you th- with as the problem so actually you really need to work on building trust that people come to you with the problems so often people are just like holding back because they're afraid of something or the other or whatever they've forgotten i just feel like the main thing is that you need to keep the communication channels really open like even with my art director there'll be times where i'll be like so we need 18 pillars and that's our setup okay and he'll be like i don't have 18 pillars t i can make 12 in this budget that you've given me can we make it work and yeah of course we can make it work you know it's just a matter of communicating the same to the director and the dop and the producer seeing that it's okay with them getting back to the art director being like yeah let's do this 12 is good let's go yeah so it's kind of your job as a production designer then to make sure that those channels are open and that your collaborators can trust you with whatever issues come their way yeah with all kinds of issues especially printing issues <laughs> Pr- printing issues yeah. like in what sense like there was this one time we had to set up a dj ward and there was a flex behind the dj ward and i had not checked it with my own eyes and the text on that flex said lorum ipsum okay like like uh like default dummy text yeah it was dummy text it was so traumatizing and it came to set and we shot that we shot uh-huh. it like that so it was just uh-huh. uh, i mean it's what breaks your reality in the film you can't have mistakes like that you know so within production design there's the prop team and the set decoration team and the construction team and all three of them have their own demand from the production designer you know they all all three departments under a production designer need different types of attention like the printing tends to fall under action props for the the stuff that goes wrong that's the stuff that goes wrong the newspaper is printed double sided or not the magazine is like registered to somebody else printing is really where the chaos happens in the prop team i feel right right and you know you were just saying earlier that mistakes like that can break the reality of the film for the audience and i was just thinking that's a good way of talking about production design right you're maintaining a sense of reality in the film absolutely and so much so like really for all long projects i pretty much insist that my department makes personal identification and details per primary character at least like driver's licenses and passports and you know whatever prescription papers envelopes addressed to the house a wedding card invitation so that that character turns into reality and isn't just written on a script you know there's a, a tangible touchable person so you enter the home and if you have mail in your character name you know it's your home your home yeah and you know that reminds me of um 
David Fincher's film, Zodiac. There's this story about the production design of that film, apparently in the newspaper office where the main characters work, there's a trash can. And inside that trash can, there was a crumpled piece of paper. And apparently Fincher wanted it to feel so accurate that he had like scribblings written yeah. on that piece of paper. Of so I'm wondering, how do you feel about going that in depth with production design? Is that too much or is that what you're aiming for to some degree? No, I think you, you need that kind of stuff. It, you definitely need that. That is the detail that is required. But I do feel that that is something a good art team gives before you get on. You know, like if there's a dustbin and it's empty, it's looking ridiculous. Even if, okay, it's, I mean, you get what I mean, right? Like it's, it's not for the director to actually come and say, why is the dustbin empty? According to me, it's for us to put two pieces of trash, which we have so much of into that dustbin, you know? Yeah, I see. Right. And, you know, talking about realities, this actually brings me to my next question. Going through your filmography, you've done production design work for films that depict individuals from lower income backgrounds in India, yeah. namely in like a film like Aji. And you've also done a series like Made in Heaven, which depicts the opposite, the extremely wealthy in India. When you're working with the former, with sets and locations that are meant to depict, and I'm assuming here the kinds of lives you and I have never really experienced, how do you approach that from a design perspective? How do you make sure that what you're showing is authentic and not just an assumption of what a less privileged world looks like? Does that make sense? It's a bit of a tricky question. No, it does. And it's a fair question, actually. Like you guys are running crew call and there's a level of unsung heroes that we're talking about, the technicians. There is a level of interaction I have available to me, which is the real unsung heroes I find. My prop boys, my tempo driver, my carpenters and painters and etc. So working, actually working with them. So for example, with Aji, I'll use the example of Aji and of the peons wedding in Made in Heaven, which are both, I'm depicting lower class existences in two different forms. So with Aji, we went to the house and literally sat there and asked the people of the area, Because Ajay was that type of film. It had no budget and a urgency for utter reality. There was no fancies. The most small fancy I would have is like I let in the curtains, you know, like the kind of stuff that would just be the character's detail, but not design detail like that. That we have to curate. The reality we want to express is the design in a case like this, you know? And now for Pian's wedding, which was a lower class Muslim girl is getting married, whose father is the Pian at the Maiden Heaven office, right? This is clearly fantasy. This is not happening. I don't think so. And I mean, maybe it happens, but I it's more likely that money is sent and not actually partying at the location. 
but anyway so for the pn's wedding i had the ability to design and get a little bit more aspirational as to what i feel or the uh, alankrita feels the girl who's getting married might want you know so there was a little bit of aspiration that was available to me which in ajji had a different quality in ajji when i wanted to depict aspiration there was like just two books in the house whereas here when i wanted to depict depict aspiration there was like a three tier cake that cost more than any cake i've ever eaten <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know i i like how in that first scenario with ajji you involved the people of that area in your design decisions that's an interesting way to approach that authenticity question right and okay as we move into the last bits of questions here what's the biggest challenge you've had as a production designer and how did you deal with it so it's really just about battling like being present actually you it's you got to focus on being present and preempting at the same time it's like kind of like a first aid's job for behind the scenes it seems you know for prior to shoot because you got to be like present to the smaller problems like say i've reached a location for karwa we reached one location which was supposed to be dolkar's house and we set it up everything's going great and then an ad calls me and tells me that we, the phone line has to work i was like i am in fucking some corner of kochi i don't know how to get this happening so straight up i went upstairs to the auntie who lived there and requested her auntie main aapka phone line le lu and she was like why i was she, i was like oh because well you know dulkar he's coming to shoot and she flipped out she was like take everything she started sending all kinds of things down she fed us she just wanted to see him in person so and actually what's funny is is that the same project one day my boys they were fighting with production they decided that they abandoned ship and the local boys disappeared and i had to load a tempo to exit a location and we literally got dulkar's fans to load the tempo they were like uh-huh. they loaded our tempo for us it was like it was really desperate stuff but it happened So I'm I'm actually curious then if she didn't want to give you the phone <laughs> if that didn't work out what would you have done I mean see if you're on a set it's a different story then everybody comes in prepared to know things are not going to work you know it's it's all dummy but when you're on locations I mean I really feel if you just trust the indian public no you get exactly what you want <laughs> okay. because they are so helpful and friendly and like I told you before I tell I tell them that you're going to hate me tomorrow but today ma'am can you help me so yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes yeah. you know and people are really helpful people are good my team is so great they can pull of my girls can pull a favor out of really anyone i've seen them pull some ridiculous stuff and i'm like is this entire vehicle for free they're like yeah just for 2 hours i'm like thanks <laughs> great <laughs> you know so there's like it's just a matter of like on the spot negotiation and if she had said no then i would have had to ring 14 other people or bribe the security guard and drag his line up or there was there's always a solution you know there is right and i guess maybe that's specific to india to yeah, some degree as opposed to hollywood right it is okay yeah yeah and you know um while we're talking about challenges i want to ask you what advice do you have for individuals looking to become production designers professionally i would say that like it's just important to get on floor because as much as you have design i think innate design most people in the film industry have but to marry that with production design it means that you need to get on and start shooting and see what it takes to actually you know 
achieve your designs to arrive at what you want to versus just want things you know so i would suggest experience i mean in film experience is the best uh, teacher for sure and i feel i feel that nobody should be held back in terms of switching that's something that's really difficult in holly in the hollywood system you got to do like 12 years as a ad and then you can graduate to the next stage but here i just like went from da to ad to prop master to whatever i wanted to you know and i think it's important that like say for example someone who wants to be a production designer maybe they assist costume for like you know a couple of months you 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 get on to set you see what's happening you get a sense of what it is or you assist lighting or camera or like be an ad or just get into art even if it's the smallest thing in your the, the problem is that there's a very bottom rung and to get stuck at that very bottom rung where you don't go near set and just you know are buying pencils and handing them over at the gate that is like just it's important to not get stuck there too long like do it and then do it so well that you are quickly on the onto the next rung of work you know okay and if you had to recommend one film that someone could learn production design from what would that be i think i would say parasite i just saw it recently and it's the best production design i've seen like just in terms of production design of course the content is the content but it's unreal the way they i mean it's reflective and it's real it's i just find that i think parasite would definitely be the one because you have to range from everything from poverty to fantasy to you know like floods and to like it's just it's just really a great range of expression in a single film Yeah, yeah, I think they built yeah, that whole exactly. alleyway. That's what. Um, right, right. It doesn't look like I said it looks it looks totally real, but they built that. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, so my last question to you is what makes you proud when you look at your own work? I think when it just feels like I wanted it to feel I mean that's enough, you know. It just feels like I wanted it to feel because it's something that I've seen maybe a year and a half back in my head and put together from like a small cushion to wall paint and then to have it be totally ready I think it's just really exciting for when it feels the way you want it to feel it's not always ha- easy to be happy with your work though I'm not always happy with it I'm always like I tend to actually like for example in angry indian bodices I love the way it feels I'm totally happy with the way it feels but there is one water bottle that i have put for some reason in every frame it's in every frame it's like a jumping water bottle and that like makes me crazy so it's hard to be 100% happy with anything that art department does because they've done so many small small things but it's just as long as it gives you me and the project the feeling that it's supposed to it looks and feels the way it has to it's good it's exciting Okay, it should look and feel the way it has to. I think that is a great note to end this conversation on production design. Yeah. Well, Tia, this has been a really really fascinating conversation. I've learned so much about production design, and I'm sure everyone listening has too. Thank you so much for joining us and talking to us. Thank you guys so much, and I love Jamun. Thank you. That was our episode with production designer Tia Dejpal. You've been listening to The Credit Roll, and with that, we hope to have you join us in our next conversation. The Credit Roll is an original podcast by Jamun. The show is hosted by Abhinit Kumar. Producers are Udayan Bejal and Natasha Ratti Kapoor. Editors are Abhinit Kumar and Paras Gorong. 
The artwork is by Siyonath Vakrambam and the theme song is Song of Sadhana by Jesse Gallagher. <laughs>